Good morning from Chile, Vancouver, Miss Rosacado, or should I say Frozacado? Yeah, Frozacado sounds about right. <laughs> and we're wearing like complimentary colors, purple and orange. I need to say, hold on. Okay, now I can see you. Well, they're not complimentary, but they're secondary colors. It's funny because, oh, well, on the, in the lighting here, this actually isn't really orange. It's more of like a, a light, like a rose. Is it? Yeah, it oh, is. Your lighting sucks. My lighting, I've got my ring light on. My lighting sucks even more, though. See, I don't know. Yeah, anyway. How are you? Well, as per usual, just out of bed. I, I'm the same way, though. It's Sunday. Yeah, right. But on my, uh, but I work, I work at Dewar Thursday to Sunday, so today's my Friday from the store, so that always gives motivation. And we work. Point. And work and we work an hour less on Sunday. We close earlier. So it's like that's good. Bonus. But you got your latte, your coffee, I got my water. My coffee. My coffee. Mm -hmm. Um today is a uh, a special Sunday recording because um uh it was one of the only times we could get her on and we're so stoked to have her. Mm -hmm. Jasmine Parkin. And Jasmine Parkin is the keyboardist and one of the singers for the Vancouver-based band uh, in British Columbia, Canada, called Mother Mother. Mm -hmm. Mother Mother um, is is quite quite a big band actually for Vancouver for BC. They're great. They're mm -hmm. awesome indie rock. Like I'm trying to figure out like how to place them more. Like I'll yeah a little bit more indie rock. Um, I love love them. Just phenomenal band. I did see them once a number of years ago um, where they were playing alongside Sarah McLaughlin and. Right. Brian Adams. It was a it was a pretty awesome big outdoor show. Um, yeah, she's also she's like multifaceted. I noticed that. I just I was looking her up, and she's a yoga teacher. She teaches in North Vancouver. She's a director of North Yoga in Squamish, which is amazing. So lots of interesting parallels between both of our industries and lifestyles. So I'm stoked to get the her. And one of the reasons why no not one of the reasons the reason why she couldn't meet during the week is because currently she's um, taking her training to become a registered massage therapist. So <laughs> it's like, phenomenal. what doesn't she do? I've got so many questions for her. Um, is she a mom? Does she have kids? I don't think so, but that explains a lot. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. But I mean like, but not, ev not everyone, even if they don't have children to be motivated to do all those things. It's really neat. Yeah. In addition, in addition to that though. And she's talented with, with everything she does. So it's, yeah. You know, there's definitely a some sort of internal a drive in there that not everyone might have. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, so she'll be popping on pretty soon. Um, mm -hmm. We some really kind of exciting news for us is we just hit we surpassed 750 downloads uh, through right through Buzzsprout. So Buzzsprout is like our our um, our podcast platform that houses our podcast episodes and then kind of disperses them to all the, 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 the juicy, the juicy actual platforms like Apple and um, Spotify and Stitcher and all those things. So that's really exciting. We've been doing yes. this about four months now and exactly for four months. Yeah. Couldn't be more um, grateful and excited to continue this journey and move forward and provide all this content. So Continue downloading, continue <laughs> subscribing, following, yeah. liking, saving, maybe loving us. <laughs> yeah. 
angry faces. Oh, just, you know, express yourself the way you want to express yourself. But Express yourself. Is that a song? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's always a song. Um, yes. Anyway, yeah. So it's funny because you know how a couple days ago you were, no, yesterday I think you were talking about snoring. Mm-hmm. Right? So I... Um, I had to move my my bed downstairs last night because my husband was snoring and I couldn't sleep, which is funny because I said to you that we both snore, which we yeah. do. But I was wearing earplugs and I just couldn't I couldn't sleep. So I had to sleep downstairs. And then this morning, just before I popped on here, um, Adriana was like, You were swearing in your sleep, like yelling this morning. So we both had weird <laughs> Whoa. I don't remember my dreams. I know I dream very vividly every night, but I'm known. Yeah. So hero, by the way, and everyone out there, I'm, I'm known to talk in my sleep because I have a lot of dreams. Yeah. Interesting. I know I twitch quite a bit and I breathe deeply, but I say, you know, cause I'm a yoga teacher. If I'm not breathing deeply, then there's something really seriously wrong and mm. maybe best not to be a teacher. If you're supposed to be teaching the breath or the regulation of your breath, I joke around about that, but um, that's really interesting. Yeah. Because just getting to know someone right now, as I was saying to you and spending the night with them and then they're snoring. I was kind of like, I'm not annoyed about your snoring and not at all. Like that's a human, that's a human way of our behavior, but it's just because my father has sleep apnea and my mother mm-hmm. also snores. So, and I'm also a sensitive sleeper. So when I'm asleep, I think I stay asleep pretty well, but for me to fall asleep, I need that on just like, uh, like that uninterrupted kind of stimulation around me to have a peaceful entry point. Otherwise it's very hard for me to fall asleep. I'm just, I am the same. I'm actually almost exactly the same way as what no you way. Yeah. And I, Aquarius too. Yeah. I also usually need like almost pitch black. Oh, interesting. Okay. Like I need really, really dark rooms. So our bedroom upstairs is, is like full on, you know, blackout curtains. Mm. So whereas downstairs, downstairs, I'm surprised I did sleep. Okay. Cause it's not as dark, but. Well, cause you didn't have anyone snoring in your face. <laughs> but I can't blame him because I do too. Sometimes. We're not talking about Adriana right now. We're not talking about you right now. We're talking about Adriana. <laughs> <laughs> The scary thing is that for the most part, if I'm yelling in my sleep, I swear a lot. Like I, if I'm, whatever I'm saying, but it's funny because I don't remember having like uh, nightmare dreams. They're just like, I'm just very um, expressive in my dreams. And, like, very- is it, and it's, well, it's always like subconscious, like suppressed emotion or stuff that's happening deep below you too, though. Yeah, I guess. But, but I just, what I mean is like, I don't. Like I do, I don't remember last night's dream, but I will remember, he'll be like, oh, you swore. I'm like, oh yeah, I was just like annoyed by so-and-so, but I wasn't as angry as it sounded like I was mm-hmm. out loud. But uh, are you wearing pants right now? <laughs> are they off you? You're like, you were swearing so much that like you swore the pants off of your body? Um, No, that would be so impressive though. <laughs> Not as impressive as the man taking them off without you realizing. Right. Yeah, right. which just happened to me before. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Great timing. <laughs> oh, gosh. Here she comes. The suspense is tingling. It's killing me. Hello, hello. Jasmine Parkin. <laughs> hello, girl. How are you? Can you see? Me? Okay, hi. <laughs> hi. I can totally see your gorgeous oh, face. Oh, good. 
Lovely to see both of you. Good yes. morning. Good morning. Nice to meet you in the virtual flesh. It is lovely to meet you too. I'm sorry. It's so dark today. It's super mm -hmm. dark in my apartment and like, it's very sad. So. Oh girl, you don't look that shady. That's my, <laughs> that's my job. But you have like, like a glow from the light uh, to your right. Just like coming in on one side. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> now just do the slow blow. <laughs> I love it. How are you guys? Well, pretty good for a Sunday morning. And we, we thank you so much for taking, carving out your time on a Sunday. Oh, no problem. They're honestly, like in RMT school, there's, there's just no time at, like, you just have to make time for stuff. You mm -hmm. know, it's, it's, it's insane. It's like the, it's the most insane thing I've ever done. In my I know. Life. Where are you studying right now? What, um, what RMT college? I'm at WCCMT. Okay, because my friend just finished VCMT, and so like I I, I relate, I can relate to what yeah. you're going through. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh yeah, no, I have two girl, two couple of friends actually. One of them is in Vernon here, because um, I moved to Vernon a couple of years ago from Vancouver. Maybe you knew that. I'm not I sure. Think you're in the interior for sure. Yeah. So um, and she she uh, has built her own home practice, but this was even this was when they went to school at, to be an RMTs. It was maybe like six or seven years ago, and even then. I mean, I mean, I don't know if it's changed at all, but they were just like, like, not sorry, I'm like telling you, you just started. They were so stressed the whole time. <laughs> no, it's it's true. I made like a funny meme this morning about like, it's it's like a consecutive, it's, it's actually a picture of me studying that my friend took, like just the worst, most stressed out look on my face. Like I just look so upset. And like, I was like, here guys, it's the, it's the, you know, the um, progression of me through the terms. It's like term one, term two, term three. I just use the same photo. It's like exactly the same every term. Like it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't change. No. I think I was in a group of friends the other day and uh, we were talking about it. And I think ev every single one said like one after the other, if they had really been able to like truly kind of understand what it was like to be there none of us would have done it like yep. and we wouldn't have done it like we would have been like no way that's that's just too it's just too much really so it, um, yeah <laughs> That'd tell, be us, tell us more inquiring minds want to know well i just and i just want to say like just before you hopped on we did do a, a very short intro oh, but cool. just like how multifaceted is this woman because <laughs> you seem to do so many things and so many things well and I, I just I want to first commend you for that and I just um yeah there's so many questions I have but I guess we'll just start with maybe you give yourself a tiny introduction we kind of just said okay Jasmine Parkin she is the one of the singers keyboardists for Mother Mother which I didn't realize was actually formed on Quadra Island technically it's funny on Wikipedia they still say Quadra Island based instead of like Vancouver based or I think that's just kind of a mistake like it the band wasn't really actually even formed on Quadra it was just that Molly and Ryan uh grew up on Quadra Island mm. so they grew up there and their brother and sister so they're like formed on Quadra Island but like that never really happened until everyone was in Vancouver and much yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> and so Wikipedia is not always entirely accurate. <laughs> now we now we know. Okay, yes, finish. Exactly. And then we were saying, of course, yoga teacher, yoga. Now, studio owner, were you were one, but not anymore, right? Right. Or, 
Yes. So a couple of years ago, I sold my my half to my partner up there mm -hmm. um, and moved back to the city. It was just like stuff with mother mother was taking over like as it does. It's always kind of takes precedence over anything else. It's always priority. Um, mm -hmm. So I moved back to the city when I went. I think we were making another album and we were about to go on tour. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of fortunate in a lot of ways to to have gotten out a couple of years ago before COVID hit because my partner actually, my old business partner, he closed the studio oh, did? after like in the first few months of COVID. Oh, oh my God. I've Just, always wanted yeah. to go to the studio and I never had a chance to. Damn. I, good. I can relate as you know. <laughs> yeah. I also, I, you know, count my lucky stars that I don't have the studio that I had in North Van now. Um, even though, and we'll get to, we, we still haven't gotten to that on an episode about me talking about my experience, which we do want to, but, um, it's, well, we can even talk about it now. It's up to you. But anyway, I digress a little bit. So with that being said, is there anything you'd like to add to that list? I mean, you're doing your RMT now. <laughs> oh God. No, I think, I think you pretty much summed it up. It's like, yeah, I, I, I like to do stuff. I like to explore life i love learning um i love you know meeting people and um major passion for health and wellness and so um yeah the rmt thing was weird like it just sort of like it came to me like a year and a half ago where i was like i think i think i need to do that <laughs> like out of the blue it was so yeah like um so one of our band members was um thinking about making a solo record and we were like we we were typically like every two years we make an uh, we make another record release a new record so every year essentially we'll like tour for the year and then we'll buckle down and make a record and then release it the following year so it's like every two years and this uh, particular year it was like you know what we're gonna take it like a full extra year between yeah. album cycles. So I was like, okay, I'm looking at the timeline, like 20 months, like it's, it's tight. It'll be tight. I may have to take a, you know, take a defer for a term or something if something happens with the band. But I was like, I think I can squeeze it in, which wow. was ridiculous. Like, it's just absolutely ridiculous to think that now looking back, I'm like, I'm so insane. Like I'm just it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, so I decided it just like it, I could feel it in my bones. Like it was the right thing for me to do. Um, with yoga teaching, it always felt like, I don't know if you can relate to this as what well. are both of you teachers? Yes, we're both teachers. I mean, you and I also both went through the same training, but I went through it later. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so amazing. You can probably relate though to like teaching classes and, and you know, try to help people. And there's like always with... Uh, just your yoga teacher teacher trainings only kind of go so far as far as like what you know about the body right and like you can know a lot and you can take a lot of trainings but like the level of needing to study anatomy to like really really get it in your bones is um, it takes a ton of dedication oh and I was God. like I'm ready like I'm ready to like learn on that level um Mm -hmm. And so that was sort of part of the reason, like, I felt like I could only go so far with yoga and, um, I wanted to take it like to, uh, take it to the next level kind of, so to speak. I didn't realize it was going to be like taking it like 400 levels. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So that was the reason why for that there was, 
time, quote unquote. And um, yeah, it felt right. Just the healing on a different level. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. There's, there's no rest for the wicked. It sounds like for you. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, wow. That's a, so with that being said, um, I think I, are, do you guys have another album coming out soon? Yes, we made an album. So uh, in this, this summer, um, managed to like work it around uh, school and stuff like that, which is everyone's been so supportive, which is the most lovely thing. Like mm-hmm. our management and just like Ryan, the band, everyone's like, it's okay. We'll like, we'll figure it out. Um, yeah. Which is so nice. So managed to just squeak in making a record <laughs> in yeah. July, yeah. Um, which was, uh, which is great. It's super exciting. We weren't going to make a record, but uh, everything kind of changed with COVID. Um, it was like, okay, well now we're not going to be able to tour. So I think we'll just like get into writing and recording. Yep. Right. So, yeah. So that's going to come out this year. Like in the next few months, we'll start like rolling out singles and stuff like that. And yeah, it's exciting. Well, it's, it's so interesting because um, we've talked to a couple people and I, I've, I've mentioned his name a couple times now because it's the first one that comes to mind, but just because Jay Rodriguez, who was one of the uh, original or OG Queer Eye guys from the original show, okay. our show, and I, the reason why I mention him is because he's also a, a Broadway, he was a Broadway um, theater, and he, he he's, um, what would you call him? He's like, he's a gig, he's a gig guy. So he does live, like, that's what he does. And he's shelled up, I mean, he's in Los Angeles. Not, I mean, it's probably the worst place to be right now with COVID. Um, and he's, he's just like, he's just in his apartment, like just, you know, like, what am I going to do with this creative energy? Mm-hmm. So, and that's the, the reason why I bring that up is because it's just, it's great this, that you guys kind of shifted a little bit and we're like, okay, no, this is what we're going to do this year. And we're still going to be creative. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess my question is without the touring and stuff, like how, how's every, how are you guys doing? Like, how's the, how's the psyche? How's the, cause I just, I really want to talk to someone in that industry, such as yourself, just to know Mm-hmm. I can't like I I'm I feel devastated for you and you know I grew up with musical theater parents and I feel devastated for like the whole live music scene so it's totally. and the venues like oh the venues right I, I think we're gonna we're probably gonna arrive back at a very different place when we are finally able to tour again. You know, I think it's really, unfortunately, it'll be the smallest and like most kind of cool venues that give like new artists and like unknown artists chances all the time that are going to be the ones that have, you know, end up maybe closing, you know, like fingers crossed we can keep some, but it's, um, it's, it's just, it breaks my heart. It totally breaks my heart. Um, as a band, we've been so, so lucky through COVID because we toured the year prior, so 2019. So we had like revenue from touring then, and um, which was like so lucky because some people were like at the, they had finished their album cycle, they had taken that year or six months or whatever to make their record and they were like ready to release and go on tour. And like for touring that like we I can probably speak for like 90% of the like 
you know, Canadian bands that essentially that make all of their money from touring. Like it's the only way you make money. Cause that's the kind of state of the industry. Yep, we don't right. sell CDs. We don't sell really many albums anymore. It's all streaming and streaming money equates to usually very little. Um, if anything for people, particularly when you're on a record label and you're recouping debt, like all that money just goes pours into debt and stuff, which is fine. Like if you're lucky enough to have a record deal, <laughs> it's, it's fine. Um, but yeah, we were super lucky to be in that position. Um, and so we had a little bit of time, like, uh, as in we weren't all gonna like ha need to go on the uh, CERB or whatever, you know, we had like money stacked up in a bank account, which is amazing. Um, and then like this year has just been, it's, it's been mind boggling what's happened. I don't know if you know anything about like what's going on with mother mother right now, but it's insane. It's like the most, so we've been a band since, okay, so I've been on since 2000 and late 2008. The band started in 2005. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's always been like a progressive, like, you know, small incline, like where it's like, okay, we're like fairly successful in Canada. We have like a really good touring um, situation, a, a really... Uh, a, a small to medium great following type of thing and that's just been sort of like steadily inclining over the years but like we're all you know almost 40 or over 40 and like kind of in that place where we've been doing this for a long time and we're like okay we're kind of winding down we're gonna like take a little extra time da -da 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 -da, right so we're like going that direction um and not to say that we would ever, I think everyone feels the same way. We're going to do this till like, we can't get on stage anymore. Like we're like, there's no way, like we'd have to be dead for you to be, <laughs> for us not to be <laughs> playing shows. So um, anyway, the idea was to wind down, but um, something happened like some weird magical fairy dust thing where a lot of our old music from an old album from 2008 called Oh My Heart, um, the, the young kids, like the, and I, and I mean kids, like we're talking like eight or nine to like 15, 16, 17 on, on the app TikTok started to circulate our old music. Um, like out randomly, like so randomly. And there's this, like massive like weird underground like non-binary like interesting um kid, new kid audience basically that have made like um you know essentially like 12 13 year old songs like like hits like it's Whoa. it's super rolling stone just did an article on us about like how it was like yeah it's like we're like what Whoa. is going on so wow Oh my God. I mean, I, I mean, Oh, my heart is the one is the song that's was running through my head all morning. I mean, it's like the most, but maybe, maybe like subconsciously I was hearing it more and not, <laughs> not realizing, right. but holy shit. It is holy shit. And TikTok is again, like one of those new social apps that like, I don't even use TikTok or have it. I watch Instagram reels cause they copy TikTok. Like I'm like, I'm 28, 29. Like I'm still kind of young but yeah. I don't like I'm like TikTok I'm like Ugh, I don't got time for that so to yeah. see that other social platform has taken off and has gaslit things that were in the past to now I mean it just shows the power of influence of things that people find once they've been gone for long enough right and it's like oh wow how did we not know about this well kids you weren't alive then 
Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I know. Which also shows that you were ahead of your time in some ways, because if it's relevant to them and they're alive now, that's yeah. huge. And I'll be completely transparent. I'm not much of a music buff. So like, I, of course, know the name Mother Mother, and I'm sure I've heard tons of your music, but it wasn't something I was cognizant of because it wasn't necessarily the genre of music that I was drawn to. Sure. But in my queer youth group, when I was, you know, 15, 16, so what was that, like 2006 maybe-ish? Yeah. It was huge in my youth group. Everyone's like Mother Mother, Mother <laughs> Mother. And I think, again, it's because of the content without having background of all of your music or lyrics that there's, there's a reason why the kids today are being pulled into that because there's an inclusivity, there's a context that they relate to. And now I'm going to go listen to your music, obviously, but you get my point. <laughs> totally. And you're bringing up such a beautiful point. It, um, so Ryan does the writing, he writes the lyrics and, and the music, and we generally like arrange stuff together. Um, but Ryan's writing, like... It, I mean, it's always difficult, I guess, to be objective about like your own band's music, but I don't write it, generally speaking, other than a few co-writes here and there. Um, and so like for me, I feel like I'm able to be pretty objective. And I was a fan of the band before I was in the band. So uh, like for me, it's like, I'm a fan, like I'm a fan of Ryan's writing and like particularly in that time of like touch up, oh my heart, when everything first started coming out. Um, it was like a really special time for Ryan in the sense that like he was writing like with just zero, like unadulterated, like just completely doing his thing. And yeah. so like the music was so weird, like so weird and just so eccentric and interesting. And like, I'd never heard anything like it before. And um, I think honestly, like the, the, what you brought up with like being a little ahead of its time, I think there were people for sure that caught on, like that were like, whoa, this is, but it was like a bit too weird and like too left of center for a lot of the kind of regular folks. And I think it was harder for them to get it. Mm -hmm. And so it was always like that grind of like, not enough people quite get it, you know? And, and so, yeah, so these kids, it's just like, it's, it's like, it's the right, it's bizarre, but it's the right generation that they just, I think particularly with this non-binary movement, um, it's, it's super interesting to us because we're learning a ton because they're like, oh, you're like the voice of this generation. And we're like, actually, we're older than your parents. So yes. learning. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. So, yeah. And just all this like gender fluidity and, and all the things like it, it's um, it's really cool for us. It's it's really, really cool. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Honestly, it's I, I it is. I'm kind of dumbfounded and just and so excited for you guys too. Now, are you still, um, are you still with network? Uh, no. Okay. So we had, what did we have going on with network? We were never signed to network. Okay. Um, we, so we started off with last gang records, which is a small label out of Toronto. And then we like how long ago, maybe eight or nine years ago, we signed with universal uh, music and then we finished our three albums with Universal and we're just uh, just 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 signing to new record label now and I think I can say it I'm like can I say it um, we're signing with Warner I'm pretty sure I'm allowed to say it which is pretty exciting yeah and oh. oh my god and the reason why I asked that and I just realized that is um, I feel like there's an association with Rick Baker 
Yes. Yes, totally. So Rick is a really good friend of Ryan's for forever and ever and ever. And yeah, and Rick worked with our management company for a long time. And yeah, we know Rick from, we all went to the same music school. So it's like all kind of, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Actually, I worked at Network for a little bit of time while Rick was there. So that's why, and oh, there's, there's like all these funny degrees of yeah. separation. And then one thing I have to mention actually is you, I think are related to one of my really good friends up here. So- oh. I think that you are the, <laughs> I'm going to try to get this right. You're the niece of my friend, Ray Noel, Ray's sister, Ray is Robbie and yeah. Robin Robbie. Robbie. Yes. <laughs> so Robbie is, is Robbie the, the female? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I love the names. So no, Ro Robbie is Ray's sister. Oh my God. Cause you said Ray Noel and I was like, that sounds super familiar, but we're not as connected. Oh but yeah. So Rob, so Robert and Roberta, <laughs> which is the best ever. <laughs> yes. Oh hi, Rob, Robbie. Um, Rob is my dad's brother. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, so Robbie's my, my aunt through marriage. Yeah. Wow, so Ray, Ray's wife or wife partner, Tanya is a massive fan of yours and she, they've seen you so many times. And so I told her this morning and she's like, did you know there's like a relation there? Anyway, I just had to mention that, but there's, it's, and this happens people like when you're all kind of from the same area, Vancouver, like even though people can seem kind of standoffish <laughs> in Vancouver, yeah. we're all somehow connected. So yeah, exactly. it's really small here. Hey, it's so small. Hero, are you in Vancouver as well? Yeah, so I, I grew up in Carisdale. Um, and I'm from, Rachel and I are both Jewish. Uh, so I came from a very casual ish, ish, -ish <laughs> background, <laughs> ancestral background, I'd like to say. Uh, and now I live in, uh, I like to say, Yale Town adjacent. Like, okay. Kind of like this weird, unidentified crosstown at Smythe and Richards, where there's nothing around me. But if you go one block in either direction, there's everything around you. Right. Totally. That's it's a good little hood there. It's a good hood. The new park is coming up across the street. And it's like the first park in 10 years that downtown Vancouver has had created. So I'm sure that little quadrant will eventually have a name. But right now, I just say Yale Town adjacent. Right. I'm, Yale Town adjacent. I, I don't need to be in Yale Town. So... <laughs> I hear that. For where sure. did you grow? Where did you grow up, though? Did you I grew up in so it's called Merville, which nobody's like. Everyone's like Merville. Right. It's just outside of Courtney, which is on Vancouver Island. So okay. kind of like the Mount Washington is like the the mountain that's out there. Okay. I grew up like at the base of Mount Washington, super rural, like forest right. and yeah, that kind of thing. Definitely get that vibe from you, which is a good thing. Like I get that kind of forest nymph, kind of fairy, like I'm just easy breezy. Let's have a good life. Let's treat people with kindness and let's, you know, take advantage of what we can take advantage of while we have our bodies. Like you just have this very earthy presence, which is really, really cool. You know, not everybody has that. It's good to know. It's good to know because I feel like such a stress case lately. Like, mm -hmm. With school, I, 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 it's funny because I'm the I'm the oldest person in my class, and I always um, say like how I don't know how these kids manage, you know, and I'm stressed out like ninety nine percent of the time, pretty much, and uh, and so yeah, like I think when I'm not in doing things like I'm doing at the moment, I, yeah, that's 
thank you for saying that, that you can still see that. Cause I definitely, sometimes I'm like, I've lost her. I've lost myself. I've lost her completely. No, no, it, no, it's always, it's always there. It might get masked and then you might get taken off the path. And you know, from yoga speak, you might, the, the vrittis, the fluctuations of the mind and the body are going to happen, but you just find yourself in the middle and you're finding yourself in a deeper way because you haven't had the ability maybe under these circumstances to find yourself in these yeah. high levels of stress. Right. Totally. That's a beautiful, a beautiful point. Well it's said. And Hero kind of touched on it a little bit because we, I, I do want to go back a bit. I want to go back to, cause you know, we, we like to kind of get under layers in this show and, and not just talk about the surface, like what's, what's happening right now in your life. But how did you get to, well, first of all, how did you get into your love of music or just, or not even just that, but who was Jasmine growing up? Like how did Jasmine get to where she is today? You don't have to go through like year by year, but we've got, you know, how much time do we have? But <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, sure. How did it, how did the music thing come to, I think, um, I think my dad really gave me music. My dad, um, played guitar and was like a beautiful singer. And, um, he, he, he was always like, there was always music in the house, like a huge record collection. And my mom also super music appreciator, lover as I, when I was little and she actually got into singing and stuff later. So it's just a ton of music in my house growing up. Mm -hmm. um, and I became interested in piano um, when I was like six or seven years old. I think I started kind of doing some classical lessons and that kind of thing. And um, I didn't, I was really not into like the, uh, the framework that is like classical where it was like, I had to sit up really straight and like, hat, you know, <laughs> I mean, God forbid you have good biomechanics when you're playing piano. Like when, back in the day, I used to hate it. They'd put their hand on my back to remind yeah, me to sit straight. I and remember that. Yes. You, you took piano lessons as well. <laughs> yeah. Briefly. Yeah. I just found it like I had great teachers too, but there was a strictness that I was like, I've always had like a, a touch of the rebel in me for sure. And I was like, no, like I, I do my own thing. Like mm -hmm. I get up at noon and I like to like, you know, slouch like crazy over this piano and do what I want. So, um, so my, my dad was friends with this guy who lived in Cumberland. So this is, um, in the Comox Valley, mm -hmm. who is this, um, this hilarious uh, Irish musician, a, a, like absolutely superb musician, just knowledge out the yin yang. And um, he, but he was like a, like a three finger scotch, four finger scotch drinker, like smoking cigarettes <clears throat> over top of me while we, you know, like kind of thing. He'd be like drink, sipping scotch and smoking. Wow. It's hilarious to think of now because I was like eight or nine years old and like imagine the parents of today, like allowing their kid to be. I love it. I, love it. <laughs> wow. I loved it too. It speaks, it just speaks to the generation. I, I feel like we're almost around the same age, but um yeah, the, the age where, you know, we could go out and play until God knows what time your parents weren't worried about you. There's no cell phones. There was no whatever. And, and the guy and this, this piano teacher obviously had good intentions. It wasn't. Oh, yeah. No, no. He, yeah. He's family friend. Like, you know, they knew each other. It was all cool. Um, my dad and him used to go in the back and smoke weed before 
like they, they would be all oh, go warm up kind of thing. They'd go in the back and smoke a joint together. And then he'd come out with his cigarettes and sc it was just hilarious. Wow. Love it. And, uh, I love it too. It's so funny. But it was totally normal to me at the time. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even really think anything of it, but looking back, it's so funny. Um, but he kind of provided that like, okay, like totally away from classical. So I decided I wanted to learn jazz because my name's Jasmine. I didn't even really know what jazz was, like to be totally honest. I was like, nice. and he, he was the kind of blues jazz guy. So he said, well, if you want to learn jazz, you got to learn the blues. So he taught me how to play the blues. And then he started teaching me jazz standards. And it was in like within the kind of, he would record um, him playing the jazz standard and he would kind of sing, like he'd come along and sing the words and stuff. So I started just to do that, like just sort of repeat what he was doing. And he kind of recognized that like I had a voice. He was like kind of the first person to be like, oh, like you're pretty good at that. You know, like you should try, cool. you should try incorporating the singing thing in. So he kind of taught me to put the singing with the playing. And, um, and I mean, that was it. It was like, I was, <laughs> I, it was, it was the best thing ever. Yeah, yeah. I used to just practice for just hours and hours and hours. I homeschooled and I was not joking. Like I would get up at noon and I'd go immediately go to the piano and just like slouch over it and like go to my happy place. It's like, mm. it's like meditation for me. Like I, yes. I definitely can compare the two things. You're just in like a totally different um, connected world. Mm -hmm. yeah it's so cool because it sounds to me like like you had a childhood where you were like free to do what your heart felt mm -hmm. I don't know if that's yeah. true but it sounds like you know whereas you know nowadays I mean especially now with all the rules and regulations we have around COVID and all that kind of stuff but like that doesn't I, it doesn't I don't know if that exists as much necessarily but um it also just kind of proves what Hero said about being that kind of forest nymph for just the free like there's a lot of freedom it sounds like and you just were able to hone in on that which is is phenomenal yeah i mean i don't think there's any it, like for sure my parents provided like a really interesting di you know different kind of open and free upbringing which yeah. um which you know worked for me in so many ways like really fostered creativity and um, they were so supportive of me playing music and <clears throat> almost like too supportive. Like when I wanted to do, <laughs> when I wanted to do other stuff, they were like, no, 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 you do music, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I was never like told I shouldn't look at music as, as a viable career. I was always in like so many people's parents, you know, are, and rightfully so are worried <laughs> about them trying to do that. Um, so I just like foolishly thought it was all possible, which is like, I think the reason why I ended up where I am, <laughs> yeah. because I believed it could happen <clears throat> on some level. Well, that's the thing. Anything really can happen. And I think it's important that parents of children in our generation, the generation coming up after mine, after theirs, even after my cousins who are 12 years old, uh, or six, actually, they're six and 12. They, it's about the parents and the emphasis that they put on to believing in yourself. And even if it's delusional, like, who cares if it's delusional? If you're, <laughs> someone can set the intention they want to set. 
<clears throat> let them figure out no matter what their chronological age may be if it's if it's sufficient and if it's viable for them and knowing that yeah. you will support them and hold them accountable when you need to but yeah. how many parents actually can get out of their own subconscious and their own um, ptsd from their upbringing where they actually allow their children to be authentically who they are no mm -hmm. matter who they are even if they're causing self-harm which hopefully they're not but that's my point right it's just like yeah. let them do their thing because they need to figure it out on their own that is such a good point and i never really thought about that in the context of my upbringing but that's exactly what my parents provided was just like wow just be just be your do your thing you know yeah just do, do your thing, thing. <laughs> absolutely that yeah. thing because i feel like that kind of speaks to you know flat flash forward now to around our age and then um it, it's kind of like i i have to keep telling myself that i'm never too old to reinvent myself mm. now we're in a different age group or demographic where it's like having to almost tell ourselves what we should have also told ourselves as kids that you know you can first of all it's never too late but that you 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 can reinvent yourself it's i don't know that's i don't even know if you know what i'm trying to say but yes it's, it's, it's just now it's a, it's a slightly different narrative mm -hmm. um and it just kind of reminds me of what you're doing now and you're saying you're the oldest person in your class but you're mm -hmm. but you're still doing it and you just kind mm -hmm. of like fuck you like this yeah. is this is what I feel like I want to do right now. Yep. Um, and this podcast, like there's times where I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm getting close to 40, but I'm like, I feel like people are just kind of reinventing themselves, doing their own shit, like doing new things at any age now. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's totally. Okay. It's not a faux pas. It's not a sense of failing because you're restarting. Like there isn't this idea that you have to have the same career for 35, 40 years, retire and all these things like people are changing all the time yeah you know so yes. you're right yeah people are really realizing that that old model is bullshit you know that it like complete bullshit it's bullshit and that we have that we can be brave in life rather than comfortable all the time and mm -hmm. sometimes it's that i mean i would say anytime you're brave and you make a decision to do something really hard or <clears throat> uncomfortable um, whatever that may be, you know, um, there's always rewards. Like the path always, almost always is going to lead to like other paths and other amazing things. Like the worst thing to me, like the, the literally the thing that to me would be absolute 100% hell. Like I just wouldn't want to live it is being stuck in a job oh. that I didn't like that I had to go to every day, full time, whatever add in commutes and everything else um that i was unhappy at because and just stay because um i was afraid of money stuff mm -hmm. like i just i know i'm really privileged to say that because i don't i don't have kids you know i i don't have other stuff to think about in that sense but i do think that <clears throat> people like really put themselves in that box and they yeah. and they don't know how to get out and I, I empathize with that and I sympathize with that a hundred percent. But like also part of me is like, my mom went back to school when I was 14 and she had a grade eight education and she was doing like science nine when I was doing science nine, she had three kids, uh, four kids, pardon me, wow. and no, no money, you know? And it's like, 
if she can do it, anyone can like, I think about where I'm at as well with RMT school. And I'm like, Oh, it's so hard. And like, Oh, and then I think about my mom and I'm like, okay, like I have nothing to complain about, you know? Well, yeah, you're right. And I mean, not in the same way, but I guess same concept, Rachel and I have Holocaust surviving grandparents. So when we think about our little troubles or things that we are going through, something as simple as like, oh my God, I lost my full-time teaching. Like for me, I lost my full-time teaching schedule. And now I have the hybrid and work in retail and I am juggling three things, wondering if I'm ever going to get my full-time teaching schedule back at the place I was at before. Is that really a life-threatening thing? No. Do it to change your lifestyle? Yeah. But do you have your health? Yeah. Are you yeah. being shot by Nazis and, you know, um, anti-Semitic Germans and other people from Eastern Europe and around the world in mm-hmm. after another country? No. Okay. Well, then shut the fuck up and don't, dis- <laughs> and, and don't discredit your own experiences and feelings because that's also much on the other side. But count your blessings and count them very often and have gratitude without um, disservicing yourself, right? So- Totally. It's all, it's all spectrum. It's all contrast. It's context. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're all very, we have so many similarities because just like listening to Jasmine talk about, um, you know, one of your nightmares being at that nine to five job being maybe, maybe I think of like being stuck in a cubicle with no windows and, 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 and that's actually also been one of my nightmares and I've never, I've tried to do it. I've tried to fit in that conventional box and I couldn't, I couldn't. Yeah. I tried. I, w- I was the most depressed I've ever been in my life when I was doing that um, years ago. So, um, and and all three of us, none of us have kids. And I know that we're, we have, we, I guess we have the time. We, we are more privileged that we can make those decisions because we don't have uh, the dependence there. So I get that. So I'm sorry, everyone that's listening. That's like, but I have you know a couple children. I don't think I have a choice. Um, yeah, yeah, it's I definitely wholeheartedly like, you know, single moms and single parents and stuff like I know it's a completely different ball game, And yeah. it may be that they do need to stay like until the kids are a certain age or whatever. And so like disregard <laughs> what I said about that being hell, you know. Right. And, and also there's a lot of people who are super comfortable in that nine to five and like really like their routine and, you know, or like a lot of things about it and like nothing's perfect, right? Nothing's perfect. The, the hard path um, and the brave path is, um, is really flawed too in so many ways, right? So mm-hmm. it's, you know, everything is not for everyone. Everyone has their own, has their own thing. And that's, that's the beauty of life is that variety. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, agreed. Go ahead. I love how, can you see like how Rachel? Okay, Rachel. Know each other so well. We're like we can see on each other's faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. We're gonna do the head turn, Rachel. No, nope. <laughs> I don't know where you are. In the <laughs> um, no, but but jokes aside, though. Let's see if I can remember my train of thought. But again, you kind of talked about a bit of your upbringing through music, but I'm also really curious to know about your upbringing just as Jasmine, like not Jasmine the musician, not Jasmine the yoga, mm-hmm. just, just Jasmine, you know, mm-hmm. like the core of who you are and your upbringing. Like, what was it like for you in school? What was it like for you as a human being and socializing with other people? How did you view yourself in society in the world? Because you talked a little bit about it. Those are big questions. Of course. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? That's that's why we get juicy. (laughs) I cut right to the bottom of the box, girl. Straight to the heart. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't waste fucking time. I'm all about about that. So, (laughs) girl, dish. 
I love let's it. Get, let's get into it. It's we're two thirds <laughs> of the way through the conversation. We don't got much time. Let's do it. Okay, get. Let's get to the point. Um, okay, so right to the point. I had a obviously a really unconventional upbringing, like very unconventional. My parents were like like crazy tree planter hippie people. They li we lived on a commune. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, you can imagine my world was filled with really colorful people. Like there's lots of like, obviously amazing things about that. And then there's also the other side of that. Like I was exposed to like, saw lots of drug use and stuff as a kid and like crazy, nothing, well, nothing overly insane, but you know, like it was a pretty, it was a, we'll call it interesting and also very colorful for yeah. sure. Um, <clears throat> but I, like I thrived in that environment in a lot of ways. It really depends on the type of kid you are, you know? So there wasn't a lot of structure. It was like, there's no bedtime. There's no, yeah. So I like, I, I didn't understand like going over for sleepovers and stuff when parents were like, okay, it's like 8.30 PM. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> I just woke up like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it was, it was really interesting, like meeting what I called like my straight friends and like going to their straight homes and like really like organized, clean, like not like hippie shacks that were built out of like salvage wood type of places and, uh, and like experiencing what that was like, like, and I think it gave me a super interesting perspective. I always felt old. I felt really, really old. Like I, and I think, huh. I mean, I think everyone thinks they're an old soul on some level. And so to say like, I'm an old soul is like, sounds kind of funny, <laughs> but I did definitely feel like I'd seen and kind of understood a lot more than a lot of kids and, and, and knew that and like was willing to sort of like protect them from the stuff that I knew. Yes. Mm. Yes. <clears throat> so that's really interesting. Um, and other than like who I was, other than music, like always creative, always creating, like not really um, overly talented at like art or anything like that. But I always loved everything from like painting and drawing to I was always making stuff like a, with my hat, like crocheting and sewing. Yeah. And um, it was really creative household. So amazing. Yeah, I've got three brothers. So that was good times. <laughs> what are the what are the age variations uh, between the, two, the four of you? Four of us. So my older brother is six years older than me, mm -hmm. and then my two younger are <clears throat> two years and five years younger. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah, okay. Spread. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little bit more spread. Like Silas and I are closest with the two years apart, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So then, how? So what brought you off the island then? What brought you off the island? I feel like it's Survivor or something. What <laughs> brought you to Ponderosa? <laughs> um, so clearly, like growing up on like where I did, I I always wanted to live in this. I was like, this stupid place like holds me back. You know, like I didn't really appreciate how incredibly beautiful and wonderful it really was. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, so growing up I, it, as a teenager, I always wanted to be in the city and yeah. I knew probably wanting to go to music school and stuff that I was going to eventually end up in the city, which is exactly what happened. So I moved over um, and started going to music school um, in my early twenties and um yeah, that's that kind of brought me here. And which and which school did you go to? 
I went to VCC. Okay. There's so there's basically if you want to do any kind of contemporary music, there's two schools. It's CAP and VCC. Mm. But Capilano is like a, an incredibly uh, strict kind of bebop jazz program. Oh. <clears throat> and VCC is like, yeah, we're going to teach you jazz, we're going to teach you classical, but we're also like completely open to you bringing different styles and forms of like whatever your instrument might be weird, your style might be weird, but they're kind of like, I kind of saw them as being like the program that I wanted yeah. to do kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, mm-hmm. yeah, my, my girlfriend, uh, Kat Torin, who is a jazz pianist and she lives in Brooklyn now, actually um, wow. she went to cap. And so I, but I didn't realize and I remember her going through music school and how strict it was. Yeah. That's all I kind of remember about it. But, and all of her friends, I mean, everybody was just so into it. And so it was just like their whole world, but yeah. I know that huge difference between the two. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty big difference for sure. Mm-hmm. And so, and so then what brought yoga into your life? Cause mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's another, when I think of yoga, you think of, of uh, well I guess it's obvious like a free free spirited I mean I feel maybe you grew up with yoga I don't know if you did with your parents no I didn't actually that's interesting my mom said she did a bit of yoga in the 70s but it was not like any really part of her um existence for me growing up or anything like that um that I remember yoga was like a I kind of heard of it. It sounded weird kind of thing. <laughs> and, but when I was in music school, I started to get issues with my, my hands and wrists. So like just too many hours of practicing with like really bad positioning and, yeah. um, and I'd had other jobs and stuff that had stressed my wrists, like serving and being working in coffee shops and stuff like that. So um, I always had like a little bit of uh, issues going on there. So I thought, well, I'd heard, you know, yoga is the all healing, you know, magical thing. And I'd heard about yoga pod because I remember you guys remember yoga pod at all. Yeah. yeah. I had the, I, yeah. Just, yeah. I, there's another, actually, that's so funny. There's so many, so many parallels. I, when yoga pod was, when they uh, were over, I don't know how you want to put that. Um, I actually took a couple of the benches out of that studio and they were in the yoga route. Wow. <laughs> we repurposed some of their furniture. Wow. That was the saddest thing ever when I got that email. And like, I understood obviously, but it was just so sad to see such a successful space with like those amazing owners and such a nice community. And Mm -hmm. anyway, my very first yoga experience was at yoga pod. And so of course I was like incredibly spoiled to have gone to yoga pod and like taken Todd's class and, mm-hmm. and Lori's class. And like, I don't, I like every class there was just mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. They were yeah. <clears throat> um, and so originally I kind of like really enjoyed the hot yoga aspect. I was like, could not believe how much I sweat and like how amazing I felt afterwards and that kind of thing. So I got kind of addicted to that hot, to the hot stylings so I ended up I don't even know how because I I lived in East Van so yoga pod was not super viable for me so I I ended up at West Coast Hot Yoga oh wow and um which is every class is hot obviously and I've been in that studio you bet and it was damn hot too like not just a little hot like they were like we're the hottest hot yoga studio on the west coast you know like they made oxygen look like shit yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> totally. I think this is even, yeah, they were kind of like OG, like before yes. oxygen ever OG. was a thing. Yeah, was very OG. Sorry? Hmm? Commercial drive? No, no West Coast Hot Yoga is in Yotown, and they also still exist in White Rock now. Okay. Never mind. So they had two studios. Yeah. So I was at West Coast Hot Yoga for, I practiced there for years and years and years. And like I started just basically going to yoga six days a week, and like the addiction, you know, the addiction came. And, and, um, the reason I think I really started to, so Ryan and I were a couple. I don't know if you guys know that, but we used to be a couple. <laughs> we were together for like a really, quite a long time, like almost five years. Wow. And um, in our late twenties, we, we split up. Like we were in the band together. It was this huge thing. It was like a, it was like for me, like I call it like my coming of age. Like uh, it was, it was like the hardest thing, you know, like emotionally that I'd ever gone through at the time. Like, Mm-hmm. um we we split and like three weeks later like he moved out of our apartment three weeks later we were like on tour like in a hotel room together like sleeping in separate beds for the first time in like four years and it was just the weirdest most like mind fuckery experience um it was yeah. really really hard and so yoga for me started to become like the only place that I felt good I went through like a pretty bad depression so that's, I guess, like where it started. And like, obviously since then it's been a huge journey and like, I don't do hot yoga anymore. And it's like a total, you know, everything's changed, but um, I'm really grateful for that experience and that it brought me to yoga. No kidding. Wow. It's amazing, right? And through emotional development, emotional self-awakening, I think, I think people come to yoga uh, practices and I don't mean just asana. I mean the lifestyle, the concepts of yoga. And sometimes that is just, you know, the basic bitch asana as I jokingly call it, but it comes <laughs> from the, um, or not so jokingly, but you know, it comes from the idea of self-reflection, introspection. And sometimes it's from an emotional experience. You end up there. And sometimes it's actually an emotional experience that is provoked in you, not knowing when you actually stumble into it. So it kind of seems like you had an emotional experience that was very much for you. And then it came from that. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And like, initially I went to yoga because I was like, I feel good. And like, I feel like I'm exercising, I'm working out, you know, like that kind of thing. And then it became like, oh, every time I go to yoga, like I feel more connected. I feel I'm starting to stand this breath stuff. I, I am starting to feel shifts and like those little things, the quotes from the Bhagavad Gita and like other things that that, that teachers would bring in. It was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And like, so it was mm-hmm. sort of like the the initiation to like, um, like just barely scratching the surface of seeing what like a spiritual path kind of looked like yeah yeah so what was it like for you to go through the process of doing your teacher training because it's different for everybody and I also um, read about the training you went through and the people that facilitated your training and the faculty and so you don't have to name names you have the name spaces or anything like that but I'm just curious to know about your experience as a student and the effects it had on your life and how you took that from those experiences mm-hmm. yeah I, well yes it's obviously a really interesting story um <clears throat> I had a really really positive experience there um and I think like what was created there there was so much positive um outcome as well as obviously some stuff that was really wrong going on mm-hmm. um so 
I, I think there were elements of cultish cultishness going on there that like at the time I didn't really see, like I wasn't overly like involved in the kind of inner workings of what was going on. I kind of showed up for my teacher training. I didn't work, you know, intimately. I did, um, I did teach there a few times after my teacher training, but like I was opening, I was simultaneously opening the yoga studio and taking my teacher training at the same time. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it was like, I was sort of like doing my own thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think between our main kind of asana teacher, who's, who was absolutely amazing, um, yeah. Michael Olivato, if you yeah. ever, okay, yeah. so you yeah, ran yeah. into Michael. So I was Michael's last training, I believe. Okay. Um, and I'm so happy that we got him because he is such a, like sensitive and kind soul and yes. um you know he was kind of totally mainstay of the of the training mm -hmm. and so yeah i mean it's it's tough without being like there's this other guy <laughs> you know who was kind of running the show behind the scenes who clearly had some we didn't know at the time but like was doing some pretty shady stuff <clears throat> yeah so um, yeah it's it's so yeah it's interesting how even in the yoga industry i'm doing this because it's an it's still an industry like you you know you would almost only hope that you could give your soul and hope that it's it's going to be this like real experience and a trustworthy and it's all 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 the beautiful things that yoga stands for but it's a corporation yeah it's still and, and here when i've talked about this numerous times on the show about what what is yoga now in vancouver and like what you know what what was the um inspiration for even my studio and prop i'm guessing even your studio like just to not maybe to not be like those other studios um and it's just it's just such like a, it's like a, it's like an oxymoron really yeah yeah i think it's an interesting time because obviously like a lot of studios have shut down because of covid and yoga will probably look pretty different with the studios that do survive kind of through it. And so like the questioning of like yoga and money and that, you know, corporate stuff being together, maybe people will look at it a lot differently over this whole, you know, like reevaluate kind of how, how we've uh, done things, you know, yoga for profit type of stuff. Um, but I mean, yes. clearly even a, a studio like where we did our training, it's like that was yoga, not for profit. And it yeah. was still riddled with problems, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I lost my train of thought, but something, you know, it's a, it's, mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see where it goes. The moment you attach an overhead over any business, doesn't matter what kind of business <clears throat> it is, all of a sudden things start to hit the fan and your initial impressions or passions and your spirit starts to kind of get sucked out of you, no matter how much mm -hmm. backing you have. And some people have tons of backing and they can do a lot of things and they can kind of be in their own space. And I would say of those owners or those founders, there's a very few of them that actually understand the budgeting enough to actually float and actually profit, if not at least break even. So that way they're doing something great for a society and they are breaking even. So at least they're not losing and they can keep the legacy of that concept of business for the years to come. Yeah. You know, so, and I've heard a lot of incredible things about North Yoga. I know most of the teachers that taught at your studio who are colleagues of mine, friends of mine um, from when I was a major studio teacher and now not so much at all and by, by choice. Um, 
So I'm really grateful that the things that you and Gabe were able to create from the community in, I guess, North Shore, it's still Squamish, right? So North Shore area going towards Whistler, how much you did create and how much of a, you know, like when I heard about your studio, I really heard like, it's the studio to be at. This is a premium Mm -hmm. studio with incredible teachers. People beg to get into that studio to be on the schedule and so I was really happy to know that there was a studio that was not pretentious but that was Mm -hmm. we want we only have so much space we only have so many opportunities to share the practice with the community we want to make sure the people that we can share the practice with are of a certain integrity and authenticity and I think those teachers that you did foster they channel that and all from different walks of the of their lineage yeah it's really cool yeah, yeah, we were just so incredibly lucky in the beginning with the people who were like, sure, we'll come on, like Kristen Campbell and mm-hmm. Julia McCabe and mm-hmm. came so on, funny. oh my God, Andy just Kizari. like unbelievable people. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. I, I, I honestly attribute all of that. Gabe did everything. Like, I was like, when we opened the studio, I was like, okay, like, I'll be your, like, right-hand man, but, like, just so you know, like, the if you want to do this, you kind of need to want to do it sort of alone Mm -hmm. because at any time I could have to like go somewhere and tour or like, you know, like what you need to do here is like, you need to want this that badly that you're willing to do it kind of without a partner, even though I'm Mm kind of there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, and he was like, yes, like I want to do it regardless. I was like, okay. (laughs) I reluctantly kind of, he kind of dragged me a little bit kicking and, and screaming but you know he like his strengths were really like in that networking and and um you know finding getting those teachers on board and like yeah. and it was really them that created that environment like just the mixture of of personalities and teachings and stuff that created that like I I'm just so it was just like I really feel like okay yeah I was there but like <laughs> I didn't really do anything it took on a life of its own you know um, yeah, it's amazing. So, um, as we start, I like, I just can't believe what time it is already. Um, I always, I know I'm like, I, we could, we, we do have a lot of commonalities and I feel like we could just talk forever. Uh, yeah. but where, so as we kind of wrap, start to wrap up the episode, what do you want to either plug or, you know, getting to kind of stuff like where, where can people find you? Are you, well, right now I know you're totally immersed in doing your, your schooling yes um, yeah. but even you know what's coming up with the band like you were talking about the new album coming out which is so exciting and I just saw I think because I was uh following you guys on Instagram your Spotify downloads and your followers are astronomical it's like what is it like six point something million it's insane. It's utterly insane. So this is what I was saying with the TikTok stuff. So our streams went like a, a song that's like 13 year, years old has like 60 million um, de- uh, plays uh, where you're just like, how the hell? <laughs> so um, people can obviously find us on Spotify, Mother Mother. Um, yeah, be go go there and, and listen and add to our stream. Our- astronomical streams if you so if you'd like to um we're all over youtube and everything else um obviously we have we we, we're not playing any shows but um we are planning to do like um 
some some really cool live stream thing when the album comes out. Um, we don't have a super particular drop date for album, but <clears throat> sometime in kind of uh, spring, summer, probably. So that's going to happen. Um, and then, yeah, for yoga stuff, I, I, I'm teaching. I was teaching actually still regularly up until two weeks ago. Mm. <clears throat> I've been teaching at Ma, actually. And um, I love Ma so much. I love mm -hmm. Farhad and, mm -hmm. and Sophia and the team. Like, they're just, they've been so good to me. Um, but obviously with school, I was like, I, I can't do regular classes. So I'm just kind of picking up work if I can type of thing, which is like basically non-existent at the moment. So, um, but yeah, I'll be at Ma once in a, once in a blue moon uh, and I'm on the Ma kind of online <clears throat> uh, world as well. I've filmed quite a lot of classes for the Ma yoga online stuff. So if anyone wants to see a pre-filmed thing, I'm there and that's basically it. Amazing. And they can they can follow you on Instagram too, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we'll and we'll put that stuff in the show notes. That'll all be in the show notes. So we'll make sure we do all that. But awesome. I, again, just so happy and grateful that I finally get to talk to you face to face. It was so nice to meet both of you, and what so a lovely nice. conversation. I I really appreciate you. You know, caring and <laughs> wanting to chat about everything. Absolutely. Thanks for my venting session. <laughs> oh my god, no, this is what we foster on our on our platform is authentic, real, candid, unscripted conversations. So really bring our guests into a place where they can be who they want to be, like as they are, no matter what they come from or what they do. You know, and, you do, and that's it. Like we, we get right to it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, it was lovely talking to you both. Thank you. So one and, and it's like Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> One of our uh, kind of joke, joking questions, Joe, is like the leave with most of our guests at the end. Sometimes we, it's not appropriate on the tone of conversation. Um, but if you were to be a kind of juice, what kind of juice would you be and why? Oh, um, oh, pineapple juice, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, mostly because pineapple juice is the most delicious, but there's something kind of like sassy about pineapple juice mm -hmm. you know you know what i mean oh, it's I know tangy what <laughs> little tangy pretty yeah. sweet yeah. and tropical and fun i mean but absolutely <laughs> i have pineapple juice now i haven't had pineapple juice in ages that's funny it's actually one of my least favorite fruits but i totally <laughs> the sensations and the taste and i totally agree with the way you described it so it's funny how we have that contrast <laughs> yeah, let me ask you that what is your juice if you were oh, to be god. Juice? oh god um it's i actually gotta say that i definitely will copy some of our guests if i was to go to a juice bar i would always get the green juice for sure whatever the green juice is with fruit so that way it has some sugar to it yeah i love my beets as well and it's funny because i love raspberry and i love watermelon so watermelon mm -hmm. is an easy juice but raspberry is more of a puree because it just doesn't have that constitution but if there was an actual raspberry juice yeah. and it wasn't fake or artificial i would say raspberry juice with a little yeah. bit of vanilla that I that is like the way you broke that down is so impressive. Like, <laughs> let you. me just tell you exactly. <laughs> like, raspberries. I just love how <laughs> you thought about that. <laughs> that yeah, absolutely. Well, that is hero in a nutshell. Like, essentially, that's hero. Yeah, I love it. That's good. Yeah. So raspberry good. nectarine. Sorry, I had to add. That. Ooh, nectarine too. So uh, good. Uh, huh, huh. <laughs> 
Oh, you're delightful. Wow. Delightful too. What a wonderful conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Jasmine. All the best to you. Keep in touch. I will do for sure. I'm always around. Oh my God. If you need case studies to set us up. Okay. Fantastic. My body's fucked up. It needs help. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) So I think everyone's, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say again, if you are willing, like more towards when the album does drop, if you want to come back on, you're more. So you always have a home here. Great. I would love to. 100%. You always have a home on our boxes. Great. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) The more boxes, the better. Holla. Boxes. Okay. Let's do that. (laughs) Okay, great. We'll have you back. Totally. Beautiful. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Restful day, hopefully. Okay. I I will be studying neurology today for the day, but yeah. Yeah. Because, right. (laughs) The central nervous system is oddly complicated. I know. And so so is the PNS. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Put that in there. I actually did the PNS last term. Oh my God. And how did it do? You know what? I, I did pretty well in PNS. Just Amazing. I know. That, that's my profession as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this. You posted on CNS, though. Oh, yeah. Please let me know. That's definitely more your... De- well, I don't know whose domain it is, but sure ain't mine. <laughs> no. I don't think it's anyone's. Like, even the people that know a lot about it are like, this is fucked. And you're yeah. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, so. then the, and then don't we give it on the ANS. <laughs> Yeah, no. Nobody wants to know about that. No, well, I mean, I love them, but trust me. <laughs> okay, we're we're wrapping this. We're we're done. We're okay, done. we're doing we're it. We're okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for having me. Welcome. Thank you.